We don't know when Leviathan will strike next. We don't even know what it is and what they are after. No one knows everything about Leviathan. Leviathan is unknowable. All these unknowns make me feel anxious. You're off your game today, Supergirl. Of course, Tuesday, croissant, Pilates, meaning Leviathan headquarters are in National City. We are talking CW Supergirl Season 5, Episode 6 and 7. Confidence Women and Tremors, the After Buzz After Show starts right now. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. That's right, everybody. Welcome back to the CW Supergirl After Show right here on After Buzz. I am talking season five, episode six and seven. And by I, I mean we, because it's all of us three. It's you, myself, and of course, my main man, Ryan, in the booth, holding it down from behind the scenes. What's going We're on? Breaking down that CW Supergirl season five. I was not here last week, so unfortunately I did miss an episode six after Buzz, but I did not miss the show. So I will break that down first. And I'm going to break it down because it was such a streamlined episode, which it was the episode that we needed but we didn't deserve what's that saying for that batman saying i try to do it all the time it's the the hero we deserve but not the one we need the one we need but don't deserve either way this is the episode we were looking for that is episode uh six confidence women woman i will also be breaking down episode seven tremors which we just watched right now i am going to break down confidence women as such we're going to talk about arcata and that is Andrea's. We just thought she was a evil CEO. It turns out she's an evil supervillain. Medallion of uh, of Akrata. That medallion seems to play a huge part in what's going on with Leviathan. Andrea and Lena BFFs. Ooh, awkward. That quest. And of course, we're going to talk about Rip Roar at DEO, which ties it all up book ending it from beginning to end and Williams part in that when it comes to episode seven tremors I will be breaking it down as the Supergirl and John Jones's fight project non non cherry earth bender that's our Leviathan earth god Lena versus Leviathan John and his father rip roar explosion malefic is still here John finds out we go all the way to the fortress of solitude Kelly has baggage Leviathan headquarters, where else would it be but National City, the city of Supergirl. Lena gets caught. We have our special segment, Supergirls, where we break down an influential Supergirl who is implementing change across the globe. Today's Supergirl is Jessica Alba, and we're going to have some news and gossip and amazing predictions just for all of you. So while we're in this, my main man, Ryan, will be in the booth holding down that live chat. Looking at the live chat, shout out to Ivan Soto, spelling names completely incorrect in the live chat, uh, doing a T-A-R-O-N, but it's everywhere on there. Close also, enough, because close we enough. all know. It's not like it's written enough on me. Of course, if you're asking who I am, I'm Tarana. I will be hosting this. But you at home are 
as much, if not more so, a part of this panel than I am. Thank so you so Billie much. Billy Jean Girl, Shy Gabby, Brandon 52, Elijah Turbo Russ. Shout out to all you in the chat. This is Great not the episode commenters. we deserved. It's the one we needed. Nothing less than a night shining. That's how it should be. So that's how I felt about episode six. Overall thoughts, Confidence Women was an amazingly good episode. Finally, we got something. Now, when I say amazingly good, I am talking about a season that began very strong and then we quickly all feel that we went down low now we're going back up we're looking for this tie to bring everything in it's too many subplots however in episode six this is what happens when you cut out the subplots we get this origin story we get the flashback that was actually extremely useful for answering a lot of our questions we get a progression in the storyline we cut out a lot of the fat and moved straight to the trim and that's what i really really liked i enjoyed understanding where their friendship began and their their nemesis ship ended and vice versa so when we're talking about they of course it's andrea and lena we know from previous episodes that they have a backstory but we didn't realize how in-depth it went it seemed like they were just two girls who went to the same prep school and rich girls will be rich girls and la-di-da but that's not the case we see that they are both rebels without a cause in a lot of sense and they find each other and become really good friends in this friendship we see that they're at boarding school they are bonding over being ditched by their parents and go to this party and they they basically they basically do what rich girls do in a way they drink and and do movies and fall in love with titanic of all things and talk about an epic an epic disaster there little did we know that was a metaphor for how this unsinkable friendship would sink in itself we also see that a young lena tells Andrea about the story of the medallion of Akrata. This this medallion, this item, this mythological item that Lena's mother was obsessed over. Now, from watching Supergirl season four especially, we know that Lena has a chip on her shoulder because of her mother, who we now know is not her biological mother, however, was in place of her mother. Lena is always trying to impress herself on her mother. So she becomes obsessed with this medallion as well. Now we get more flashbacks, and this is all because Andrea basically goes to Lena with this problem that she needs Lena's help with. So we get this backstory in this in this format, which I thought was actually extremely appropriate. That's how I like the backstory to come about, is that it is a solution to a problem, not just unneeded, unnecessary information. Here we're understanding what is transpiring between these two powerful women, these women, these confident women, these women who are bosses, but they're finding themselves, and they're finding themselves through a mutual understanding of tragedy and who they are. And this actually leads to shaping what they become. We see that we see that when Andrea needs help, she knows no matter what their enemy is, they that she that Andrea knows that Lena is the competent. She's she's extremely intelligent. They know each other's strengths. Lena does the same when when she needs Andrea to purchase Catco. And she goes to Andrea because even though they're not friends anymore, and Lena makes this very clear, by the way, she says it point blank. We are not friends. 
And that's how we get this origin story. But we are not friends, and we find out why not. So we go back. We re- we see that they become obsessed with this medallion. And in such, fast forward to Metropolis, the home of Superman, where Lex is basically is basically explaining his, his plans for Luther Corp and, and killing Superman and gets mad at Lena for not helping him kill Superman. You're not a Luther if you're not trying to kill Superman. I mean, that's what Luthers do, right? You try to kill Superman. So we get this whole notion, and at the same time, simultaneously, Andrea is finding out about her father and his legacy and how the Obsidian is, beco- is, is being destroyed, the company that they have, and Andrea's company is Obsidian North now, if you want to... Remember that in the modern day, Obsidian North is a subsidiary of the Obsidian Corporation at large, where it's Andre's father who is being ruined and is driven, being driven to a suicide or, or anything to remove himself at this point. And we see that these two, once again, are brought together by this tragedy. And all of this leads to Lena knowing that to kill Superman, the plan is... Luther needs, Lex needs, that medallion of Akrata, the one that she's been talking about and obsessed about since she was a kid. Boom. The two girls, now women, go on their quest. And that's the fine line that we're watching. A quest unfolds. These two powerful women are now growing into their own, becoming their own people, and they have... This is what's very interesting. They both have the best of intentions, and yet we know that the road to hell is paved on good intentions. They have good intentions. They're not going out to be supervillains. They're not going out to take over the world. They're not going out to destroy, or even specifically, Lena is, is, in, basically, uh, is basically pushed away by her brother because she's estranged, specifically because she will not help him kill Superman. They do not have bad intentions when they're going out. They go on this quest, and by whatever chance, if there is a chance, if Leviathan didn't do it on purpose, especially knowing what we now know in Episode 7, if this was the case, then Andrea falls into the pit and is approached by members of Leviathan and is is told that in order to save your father, you need to take the medallion and we will call on you. One day, Lena cannot get this medallion. We will call on you, and you will be instructed to do something for Leviathan. That should be whenever you're doing that, you're basically you're basically selling your soul to the devil. That's that's one of those sell your soul moments when they when they call on you. The Godfather brings up uh, that you're going to owe owe a favor, right? So there's always that concept of. Of what you're, what what is the price that you're paying for this favor? What what are you giving up? It's never something normal. It's never like you owe me a cake. No, it's always something that's outside of uh, of your your preview. It's always going to question your moral fiber, uh, and that's what we have to understand. You are basically Andreas sold her soul to Leviathan, and in this case, Leviathan is the devil. There's no other there's no other ways to look at that. That's just that's the way it's going to play out. How do you look at how do you think it's this is going to play out? 
you're, you're looking at a Faustian, a Faustian request. Clear and simple. Now, I feel like all of us as audience were paying attention to that. What would we have done in that situation, however? Remember, Andrea's purpose was to save her family and her father. And Leviathan brings this ass in. If you do not do this for us, basically, you will lose everything. So you have no choice. It's the justification paradox. What do you do? If you don't do this, you will lose everything. If you do this, you know you'll pay a big price, but at least you'll keep all the things you think are important to you. Andrea, of course, takes the medallion. Lena comes in momentarily. Of course, this is the, in the Supergirl fashion. Right after Andrea takes the takes the medallion, Lena finds herself into the pit, and she's disappointed that the medallion's gone. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. That's how we all feel over here. Yeah, I'm gonna make him an offer. Okay, my Godfather was horrible, but it was great. I thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you. So Lena, Lena's gone and is devastated by the way this is once again this leads to the whole concept of all of lena's friends constantly lie to her this is building up the case for that because we keep saying that Kara's uh just reveal of supergirl was just such a breaking force well it's because it was the straw that broke the camel's back and it was a pretty big straw but yet, it was also a pretty strong camel. Lena's been through a lot. She has been through the fact that her mother wasn't her mother. And she's been through the fact that her father, or her brother disowned her. And her best friend basically took the medallion that she's been looking for all her life. So then we go later to where Lex is arrested. And Lena is in love. He, she meets this guy, Jack. And she's in love. And they go to London. And she sees her good friend, Andrea. And when she sees her good friend Andrea, Andrea is wearing this necklace. She's wearing the necklace. And and we see that the price she pays is that she became Akrata and she had to kill. She she basically killed um she killed uh uh, uh Governor Harper and Caroline O'Connor. That's that's how it works. That's that's the up the immediate thing is she becomes an assassin for the Leviathan or or one of their basically one of their their minions. Right, and we see the same very similar situation with Rip Roar, which we also get that backstory from Rip Roar because of this. Here we knew that Andrea and Roger had a thing. William was going to on his way to meet Andrea because of Roger, his good friend. Roger has this affair, illicit love affair, this relationship, this intimacy with Andrea Rojas, and Leviathan intervenes and basically. Offer Andrea makes an offer, says you can use him, create him into Rip Roar instead of killing him. And that's how we get Rip Roar. Of course, she probably didn't know they were going to make him into Rip Roar. It doesn't seem that way. However, we realize that that was the price she paid. Well, that's what I mean. Andrea becomes Arcada, and Rip Roar, Roger becomes Rip Roar, all because it's all tied to this Leviathan, this unknown entity that's basically running things and we keep seeing how nefarious they are um and finally we get to the beginning of the episode which is this book and of now we're at the deo rip roar is there and andrea and lena are andrea needs to get into the deo to get rip roar goes to lena lena causes the distraction supergirl leaves Arcrata is able to go in there get rip roar Brings in, and of course, what does Leviathan do? When you sell your soul to the devil, 
you get hell. Rip Roar is killed. Rip Roar is killed, and that is the end of it. And we have this poor William who's just caught up in this this story that's too big for him. I mean, at least when you come to the DEO, at least when you're talking about Supergirl, at least even when you're talking about Lena, you're talking about people who are involved in this world. William is not. William is a journalist. He's an investigator, but he he doesn't realize how big this world is, this world of aliens and and secret organizations. It, it's above him. It's above his pay grade, frankly. William is just caught up. He just wants justice for his friend. What happened to his friend? Where is his best friend? That's where we go. And it leads into the concept of what we're starting off with episode seven. Now, episode seven is also a very fast hitting episode when it comes to information. We learn we learn that Leviathan is this organization, but then we get this mythology behind Leviathan. We meet we meet Ramakan and we see that Margot and everyone and they're talking about humans. When you start using the word humans in, in a third person as in you're not a human way, and on this earth it turns out that you're not a human. And of course, they are somehow these aliens who are responsible for the the end of the world as we know it meaning they are in a ship that's as big as an asteroid that crashes on earth and extincts the dinosaurs and creates the cause and the global global phenomenon known as humanity to rise and these are who we're dealing with these people one of which is ramakan ramakan known as the earthbender i loved watching ramakan's powers they were amazing watching him Bend the earth and just just sprout out of the earth and use use the earth and and everything at his disposal and be able to, to uh, shoot them. It was very X Men in that way. It was very cool to see those powers. It was great to see a nod to to Brainy going back to blue and then reappearing in his in his uh, in his costume mask human form. A lot of good CGI, especially since we've known. That a couple times in this Supergirl, this season and last season, we have even on online, people have been upset about the, the CGI or lack of CGI. So it was really good to see a lot of that play out. We appreciate it. We know that your teams do the best that they can. Going into episode seven, Tremors. How are we going to figure out what Leviathan is? This ancient alien entity had... No idea. I, I was thinking it was a offshoot. Like Leviathan is an offshoot of of the Razal Ghul and things. Of, it, it just it's always one of those secret organizations. I did not know that it was going to take the t- the turn that it's going to be this alien population and these godlike entities for all matters because we see that Ramakan is a familiar figure historically. Antioch 526 AD, the eighth biggest natural disaster in modern history. Pompeii, the Yellow River Flood. Bola, Noah's Flood. We keep hearing the mythology that this figure is there and this figure and this man, they blame it on this man, and it turns out to be Ramakan, who we're calling the Earthbender. Now, the Leviathan is not mentioned in any science or anything like this, but six times in the Hebrew Bible. So we know that there's this buildup of the Leviathan is larger than life, the Leviathan is godlike, the Leviathan is is more than human. We get a lot of that, and especially with the appearance of Earthbender, we realize that that is the way that they're going. However, Earthbender, 
should have been more powerful. If you're this powerful, if you're you're in a way, time just means nothing. You are you are forever. You have been on this earth for for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. I want more power. When he lifts his hands, or he makes the earthquake move, the earth should shatter. When he lifts the hands, when you say things like "I am Earth," I'm expecting you to be. Earth, you are a god at that point. When you say things like, I am Earth, I can sense everything on Earth. He's got this these ethereal powers, and yet, once again, they're not so powerful. Supergirl holds him at bay, not once, but twice. Once uh, on the cliff, when Lena smartly knows that they're going to come after her and, and uses the knowledge that Supergirl will always save her to jump off the cliff. What a bold move. Jump off the cliff. Supergirl swoops in, saves her. And then, again on the Fortress of Solitude, which we will get to. Lena's still on her quest for this, this project non nocere, this project to mind control everyone so that they become, quote-unquote, better people. So, she not only, diabolically, I might add, devises a plan to get Supergirl to save her, knowing Supergirl will always be easily manipulated because of her guilt. Take her to Fortress of Solitude so she can have access to Lex Luthor's weapons. Lena has this three steps ahead chess maneuver when it comes to Kara. She's got Kara wrapped around her finger and she knows it. She's going to use it. However, something I did not expect, she gets to that breaking point where she now comes clean and tells Kara about everything and says, you broke my heart, basically. I knew it was you, Fredo. Another Godfather reference, but I get a lot of Godfather undertones when it comes to the instances of honor, loyalty, and betrayal, especially in this episode. Lena breaks down, and I don't feel like either Earthbender was was underwhelming and Lena's reason for breaking down was underwhelming. However, the performance that Lena gave about explaining it to Kara, explaining it to Supergirl in the Fortress of Solitude, now that was strong. The whole idea, we see why she says she's been betrayed by all her friends, that even her best friend, who we saw at their beginning and their their blossoming friendship in last episode and why that betrayal meant so much. She let all her walls down. She has let someone back in. She thought she was never going to trust anyone. Lena never thought she was going to trust anyone. It was going to be her against the world. It was one of those symptoms of a tragedy just that befalls. She had PTSD and yet we see that she, because of Kara's earnestness and eagerness and and helping and and kindness and all the all the adjectives she laid out. She laid out. She was like, I didn't want to trust anyone. And yet I trusted you because you displayed all these characteristics. And I believed in you. And I believed in people again. And you, you let me down. E2, Brute, E2. It was very strong. It was strong to watch that. Those tears. And she even mentioned Kara's t- tears. You had crocodile tears. I cried for weeks before. I killed my brother. She puts Lex's death, her taking it on her shoulders and, and having to kill Lex herself. She puts that on the fact that I did this for you. I did this because we were friends. And I did not know I was being betrayed. That... Sheesh, talk about talk about something that's so strong. Such a such a powerful 
sense of emotion about why and where and this this betrayal, this feeling of betrayal. Because up to this point, I'd never really bought into the Lena feeling betrayed by Kara. I thought that Lena should be able to understand what Supergirl was doing, protecting her. That's why most superheroes wear masks. You're protecting your loved ones. That's what a lot of people do. Celebrities even do it in their relationships. You keep it private, you're protecting your loved ones. But Lena says, I wasn't a supervillain. You didn't have to treat me like one. So it's almost as if this is a this is a tragic flaw in which we've created, we've manifested the entirety of this, where Supergirl created her own arch nemesis in Lena by treating her in a way like she was a supervillain. That was such a powerful point and had a lot to do with the growth of and progression of this plot because this is the main plot the selena versus supergirl is the main plot everything else is kind of a subplot that leads to this we've been waiting for this coming where we see that we're gonna see basically we're going to see a a a, a showdown between lena and kara i was not expecting for lena to come clean so soon i thought she would wait but there must be a reason it could not have been emotional lena has just held it in for so long plus she's so diabolical i refuse to believe that she just lost it and had to had to tell kara i was also surprised when she said she's not going to kill supergirl because why would you keep Supergirl alive? I don't know. I'm sure a lot of us thought of that as in... And there was these the, the kryptonite lines where we saw the, stre- the, the stress on, Lena's, uh, on Kara's face, on Supergirl's face. So I thought that for sure there was some type of kryptonite poisoning to keep her at bay. But Lena lets her live. Let them live. So that main storyline, going to the Fortress of Solitude, which was very cool, knowing that Lex Luthor is, Superman has kept almost all of Lex Luthor's contraptions to destroy him in the Fortress of Solitude. And that harrowing, anxious moment when the, the Fortress knew that Lena was up to no good. Luthor detected, Luthor detected. And we get that where the, the base attacks Lena because Luthor's should probably not be at the Fortress of Solitude. Lena is so good at manipulating Kara into getting these. She's always making it seem like it was Kara's idea. It's Kara's idea to take her to the Fortress of Solitude. It's Kara's idea to go to to the base and retrieve Lex's journals. It's Kara's idea to bring Lena in to trap Malefic. It's all these things where Lena is basically, basically manipulating Kara manipulating Supergirl into doing all these things. Great, great, strong, top plot. Then we, of course, get a lot of these subplots. And by we, I mean all of us there. Thank you so much for your comments below. We appreciate all your comments, the fact that you share, subscribe. Your theories, by the way, all of you, a lot of you have amazing theories, and I appreciate each and every one. Thank you so much for sharing, subscribing, liking. Don't forget those likes. Hit those like buttons. Get us out there. Spread the word. Share the love. And, of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us that five stars we so greatly deserve. Thank you each for making us the ESPN of TV talk. 
Anyone in the live chat right now that we should give a shout-out so to? So many people in the live chat. The one we're going to give a big old, big old shout-out to is Ben Levine, just commenting away, saying, Lena kept secrets. She has no room to talk. That's Ken, a good point, Ben. Ben from Chicago, also here. And Shy Gabby, of course, saying, of course she lied. Lex was her brother, and adopted mom is evil. Kara had to trust Lena before telling her. A hundred percent. I agree. Lena needs to understand. And she's lied herself. So why are we looking at this? But then again, she is a Luther, and a Luther is supposed to kill a super. That's how that works. So, let's go into some subplots. First one, Supergirl. We open up with Supergirl and John Jones fighting. That was a great fight scene. Supergirl is off her, off her game. She's practicing to get ready for Leviathan. What she's about to fight, I don't know exactly. But we find out, of course, it's Earthbender. However, she's prepping herself. She knows there's something that's making her feel like this is the biggest fight of her life. Another subplot, of course, is John and his father. That John and Malefic storyline that's happening and unfolding, as much as they're pushing it, I wish they would kind of drop it. I'm very much over the Malefic and John and John not forgiving himself and always trying to do something to basically rectify the misdeed of erasing Malefic, who, by the way, was a very bad person from his and his father's memory. I'm over that storyline. I wish we would just move on, and hopefully this is the conclusion as we see that John went to Malefic and offered his life basically on the behest of his father who he projected and his father is is basically like uh malefic's still here he's down the street <laughs> i know i malefic's on the phantom zone no no down the street he's at one two three garfield <laughs> it was basically something <laughs> something very simple where john uses this astral projection to tell him what he should have known on his own he goes and basically proposes to Malefic that you can take my life, you can put me in the Phantom Zone, or you can see these memories and understand, and Malefic understands. Even though I do want to just point out, I hate to burst people's bubbles, but I thought that was the problem with Malefic in the first place, is that he was an unempathetic Martian, and that's something that most Martians are not. They are always part of this collective hive, and unfortunately, Malefic was unable to join the hive, and that was the problem to begin with. He wasn't able to understand or see all these memories. I don't know how it worked, but I'm agree- I am I hope this is the end of that storyline. We have moved on. Malefic, I'm sorry. I appreciate you. I understand how you're playing to the Project Nanacheri, but I do not want to see you and John fighting it out ever again. It's done. Please, please let it go. Uh, the other subplot that I'm not a fan of is Kelly and Alex. Even though I know they're in love, it seems like an emotional struggle. It's a very contrived, forced plot of love. We get it. Kelly is suffering from her own version of PTSD as Nina, her former fiance, was near death and Kelly was always afraid. And here we have Alex, who's basically near death every episode. We get an explosion gives Alex a minor concussion and Kelly doesn't know how to deal with it especially when Alex says and this is a very interesting point in the plot is when Alex says the next time I will call uh, to Kelly's point that you should have called well that's what bothers Kelly is the fact that there seems to always be a next time but 
sorry, Kelly. You knew what you were getting into when you started talking to Alex. She is the lead of D.O. She's around aliens all the time and, and capturing them. I mean, that's just the nature of the business. What did you think was going to happen? Who did you think you were dating? Did you think that Alex was a baker? She was very upfront. I mean, you were you're Jimmy's sister. You knew what Alex was about from day one. So I just wish that storyline would they would play it less. They they add these emotional lines that and it's not that I have a problem with emotion because I really appreciated the Lena storyline and her emotional outburst when it came to Supergirl. It seemed purposeful. However, with Alex and and Kelly, it seems like it's just unnecessary dribble and I'm over it. I really wonder what you guys think. Are we still shipping Kelly and Alex and do we want to hear from them as much as we do? Personally, I'm kind of over it. I get it. They're in love. Let them be in love. We get it. They're in love. Uh, The other storylines, we didn't see William Day, which I thought was odd because I thought we would get more reflex based on last episode we didn't see william day of course we didn't see dreamer in this episode either but we did we did get brainy and brainy's rush of all of a sudden being knowledgeable and knowing what's going on because of this leviathan technology they're clearly a far advanced superior race superior meaning that they have powers and technology that are beyond ours i do not feel that they are superior morally since they are wiping out planets every five minutes Uh, They're wiping out our planet, and their planet, basically, as we get from the Fortress of Solitude storyline, is that they wiped each other out in a civil war, and these five survived. I do wonder what the the woman's powers are, the one with the technology, and she, she keeps bringing up to Rama Khan that she is the technology. What... Why are they different? I need to know more about this race, but at least now I'm very interested in knowing more. Cannot wait till next week until we find out a lot more. We get this rip-roar explosion. The rip-roar explosion knocks knocks Alex, but it, it basically, does it shut off Al, uh, uh, Brainy's inhibitor? Isn't that dangerous? Didn't we get a get a scene with that before? Where And that's where he becomes the evil Brainy? I remember the inhibitor being a very good thing. However, he's a, he's able to figure out things based on, basically, t- Tuesday Croissant Pilates, meaning Leviathan headquarters in National City. He's been going to this coffee shop near the tar, tar mines because he likes the way it, and it gives him energy well he assumes that the leviathan headquarters are close and that he's been subconsciously seeing it for a very long time which is probably why he chose that coffee shop and to go there before pilates every tuesday and so he takes them to the leviathan headquarters now i wasn't really buying the concept that alex and brainy alone are going to the Leviathan headquarters without backup. The same way I wasn't buying that during the explosion, why doesn't Brainy use his powers? We do have to remember he is a superpower after all. So I wish they were very consistent on the superpowers and how they were used. However, it's nice to see that they were still taking chances and went, and we see that, <clears throat> excuse me, we see that the other member of Leviathan. Uh, uses her technology to set this up. She knew that they would be coming and has placed them in this position. She's been trying to push her technology to Ramakan. Ramakan wants to do it the old-fashioned way. He says, I was put in charge because of this. And and we're going to find out what that technology is. We're going to find out what that technology is and see how it's better or at least more direct in their cause than the Earthbender's superpowers whose powers don't work so well when you're in the Forge of Solitude because it's not Earth, buddy. It's Krypton. 
So we get a lot of these subplots, but the main plot I give definitely an A+. I thought was very strong. Some of the subplots were a lot weaker. I'm hoping that the Malefic John Jones storylines is done. I'm hoping that the Kelly, well, at least done in that regard, in, in the regard. I hope that the Kelly and Alex relationship is just, we let it loan. We get it. They're in love. Let it go. And I want to see more about Lena and Andrea. I really like the concept of the Akrata. Akrata was a great storyline lena coming clean i want to see how this goes this plays out lena basically putting Kara in her place and still somehow coming off as the empathetic uh, character i love to see this we have to wait and if she takes myriad and myriad is basically the zombie machine that we saw in season season four so with the myriad and the malefic and the inception powers lena has everything she needs to make Project Nanacheri a reality. However, her newfound computer best friend disagrees. And that's where we leave off Episode 7, Tremors. Let's get into our special segment, Supergirls. This week's Supergirl, Jessica Alba, American actress and businesswoman. And that's the thing. Sure, we love Jessica Alba and our favorite of of shows dark angel which was amazing and she's been in of course the fantastic four she's no stranger to her comic book universe fantastic four rise of the silver surfer which i actually liked and a memorable role in my good friend dane chuck uh, dane cook's movie good luck chuck we've seen her we know who she is jessica alba she's beautiful she's sweet but she also founded the honest company which is a very important business model because it's a consumer goods company that sells baby and personal and household products and it's based on the fact that they are clean or environmentally friendly and that's what the the purposes in the company was valued at over a billion dollars in 2014 and Basically, Jessica Alba owns 15 to 20 percent of the company, and that's a huge, huge portion. They also recently launched a skincare and beauty product, Honest Beauty. And just the fact that the fact that she uses her platform to create products that are that are working with the environment and then also gives to a lot of charities. The Declare Yourself campaign, it was part of it. She's helping people get into get into voting, young people getting into voting, even though it was done in the most millennial of ways as with the bondage-themed printing advertising. And Jessica Alba, it, it drew a lot of attention, and that's what it did. That's the point, is to get people to do uh, to get on board. She also it participates in a lot of uh, safe chemical act and toxic substance control acts. She participates in, in trying to pass all these legislator, legislature uh, against drugs and for environmental friendly products. So good for Jessica Alba. And thank you so much for being a super girl and helping change the world. And some news and gossip. After Buzz. What we're looking for in Supergirl's life is that Supergirl got married. Kara's married and everyone's been saying it too. And if you go to her Instagram, she's always posting a lot of these these uh, stories with her and her husband. And it's so great to see because she truly is Supergirl herself. She even says that she has become Supergirl. She has become basically uh, she has basically become Kara. She didn't even participate in Halloween because she was like, I wear Supergirl's costume. I can't 
can't. Everything else falls short. So we've been all watching her. We've all been watching her. Her. Uh, we've been watching her. Her marriage, and it's nice to see Melissa Benoist and uh, who she has become. She is a Supergirl through and through. So her marriage to Chris Wood is just one of those that we've been paying a lot of attention to, and might play a part in future Supergirl. So stay tuned for that. Getting into some predictions, ladies and gentlemen. Your After Buzz TV prediction. So we know that Lena came clean. Lena has basically out ousted herself as a bud, uh, uh, blossoming supervillain. We're going to see that Kara has a problem with Lena being a supervillain. She's always going to feel that guilt and try to maintain to Lena being good. But I don't think Lena is the Lena she knows anymore. She calls Kara a good actress, but Lena is the one who's been acting we're going to have to see that clash and that showdown. I also think that we're going to see Malefic and John Jones working together and no one trusting Malefic and yet Malefic having to prove himself and show that he actually is possible. Uh, he, he actually can redeem himself. He has that ability. And I also think that we are not done with Brainy and his uh broken down inhibitor this this new found cl- clarity that he says he can see 2020 through all his metaphorical eyes that has to play something and i i hope it's for good but as we've seen with brainy oftentimes it is for evil we will have to find out in more episodes of supergirl but until then where you can find me is right at at i am tehran all across the board that's i-a-m-t-e-h-r-a-n and of course, find me hosting and paneling on a slew of other After Buzz After Shows because all of your favorite TV shows are my favorite TV shows too. Ryan, where can people find you? You can find me at Ryan Nilsson underscore on Instagram and at Tehran Supergirl After Show on Twitter. Thank and you so also, much. And also find the Watchmen. Us. Exactly. We talk Watchmen and it is to watch. Until next time, up, up, and away! Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 